Welcome back to another episode of Millennial Entrepreneur. My name's Sina and I love following the journeys of other young entrepreneurs. In this episode, I spoke with Divij Bajaj, the CEO and founder of Power Gummies, India's leading vitamin gummies brand with a 60% market share. It's an amazing episode. We spoke about the motivation behind starting it, came from a personal family origin, that led him experimenting with different ways to take vitamin supplements like with chocolate, honey, before landing on gummies. And also how Divij approached and built a relationship with his first manufacturer. Amazing advice for those wanting to go into a physical product and wanting to manufacture and how to go about that first supply run. And lastly, I know so many of you want to start a business and leverage the power of influencer marketing. It's a very hot subject right now. So we discussed the growth engine Divij constructed to get the 60% market share in India by leveraging the power of customer personas to inform his influencer marketing strategy. Huge tips here on constructing a customer persona and how you can leverage that for you know massive growth. You know, 60% market share, that's not, you know, by accident, he's, he's managed to get there by leveraging customer personas, influencer marketing, of course. So that brings me to this week's shout out. So in case you don't know, every week I'm giving a shout out to someone who's left a written review on Apple Podcasts as a way of saying thank you for the love and support. So this week, the review goes to Eve Kekere, who says, great hearing entrepreneurs journeys of what they are currently going through. Love that there's a podcast to hear the journeys of entrepreneurs currently going through it all. Also had a lot of fun being on the podcast myself. Yeah, in case you don't know, Eve was on the podcast a few episodes ago. Uh, an amazing episode as well, if you want to listen back to that one. It's only a couple of episodes back, I think three or four episodes back. So please do listen to that after this episode if you are interested in hearing about her journey of starting the UK's first baby clothing rental company. Really great journey. If you do want to feature next week's episode in the form of a shout out, please be sure to leave a five star written review on Apple Podcasts and I'll give you a shout out in the next episode. You have my word on that one. So thank you so much again for tuning in and enjoy the episode. Hey, Divij, how are you doing? All great, Tina. Thank you for having me over. It's my absolute pleasure. It's so nice to have. I always love bringing like entrepreneurs across the world onto the podcast and you know you coming from India you're in India at the moment uh, Indian entrepreneur it's very nice to 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 you know you reached out to me and it's always nice to, to see that the podcast is reaching other continents and that's kind of why I started this podcast right it wasn't just to impact people and young entrepreneurs in the UK but it was kind of go you know far beyond that so it's so nice to this kind of like reaching that scale now and uh, I can invite you know guests such as yourselves onto the podcast no. And big congratulations for the success. Well, thank you so much. Well, yeah, I'd love to talk about, I don't want to like waste too much time because I know you're a very busy man. So I'd love to talk about, I guess, what is it that you do? And I guess like we can go into the sort of like intricate details because I know there's, there's going to be a lot of value in this episode, especially for people who want to see, you know, the growth when like how to do like manufacturing would be quite useful and then stuff around. I know you just signed someone very big as, as an ambassador. So what your business looked like before, what your business looked like after that. So I guess let's just like dig right in and say like, okay, how did you kind of, where did this business come from? I guess, what is the business firstly? And like, where did it come from? <laughs> oh yeah, I'll start with my introduction. So I'm the CEO founder for Power Gummies, which is a brand for uh, tasty nutritional gummies, uh, we do supplements in the format of gummies. And uh, this idea actually came from my mom because she evidently hated pills. And she was diagnosed with a back problem and eventually she had to take a lot more pills to solve that. And uh, she absolutely hated that. So I would, you know, come out with new, new things like uh, crush and mix those pills into honey or, you know, uh, uh, bake them in or try out different experiments. 
and that's what you know triggered something in me that probably this is the biggest barrier that the nutraceutical industry has because eventually uh, you tend to have a fear of medicine you you actually have a pill fatigue there's only limited amount of pills that you can take and you tend to you know stay away from pills because you treat them something that is uh, for some major illness or it's 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 a medicine so when it comes to otc products which you can you know just go out and buy on your own uh you need proper alternatives available and that's where after a lot of struggles trying out chocolates muffins i finally landed up to gummies mm, okay let's talk about that for a bit so i guess like that problem of pill fatigue as you call it i think that's a really good way of like starting this because as you say like when when you when you know people do get older you know my family as well as included people are taking you know crazy amounts of pills every day and it's like <sighs> Even even me right now, I'm, if I take like a couple of pills a day, even like vitamins, it's like this is this feels like quite a lot already. Even though I don't I don't take like that many, so it's like for people that have to take maybe like ten a day, which some people do, that that gets so that gets so heavy. Exactly, and and what if I tell you that you don't have to go through the journey and you just gotta enjoy two tasty treats in a day and you're done? I mean, that sounds like a dream. That's what gummies is doing. So how is it that it works? So I guess like is it is it just like, so say if you do have to take 10 pills a day, like, do you just kind of take that and provide like the gummy alternative or do you, is there a way for you like mix them all together into like one or two gummies? Like what's the sort of procedure? So we can do all of that. So whatever you get in a composition, which comes in the format of capsule, we can convert that capsule into the format of gummies. So we do have multivitamins. We, we can do multivitamins in the format of gummies. Uh, typically the famous one that we sell in India is for the hair and nail growth. So our hair and nail growth gummies are very popular, uh, which give you biotin, folic acid, zinc, and 10 other essential vitamins and minerals, which give you 90 to 100% of complete daily dosage requirement that your body needs. You just got to have two gummies a day and you're sorted when it comes to your hair and nail growth. Uh, similarly, we do one variant for the weight management for people who want to reduce down and manage their weight while still enjoying their loved pizza. Uh, then the third variant that we do is for the period pain relief uh, so that, you know, uh, everybody so that the uh, girls uh, going through a lot of pain and having problems uh, while they are on a period can have it going on smoothly. Okay, that's really cool. So right now you have like a wide range of, of gummies that you sell. That's, that's amazing. So so that's what's the kind of process of like I guess you you observe that problem you tried like different solutions as you said so you said like chocolate muffins like why did you land on gummies in the end and what was the sort of experimentation process like what did that look like see with all the other alternatives there was some of the other problem with chocolate uh, there was the stability problem because if you add too many vitamins into chocolate they start to melt and leave water so achieving that temperature stability was a big challenge uh, other than that. Once you've uh, altered it too much and it has a lot of uh, water content in it, having a longer shelf life was a big challenge. So we could only, you know, preserve that chocolate for maximum 30 to 40 days. If you take it beyond, it it would, you know, get worse. So with muffins, again, the problem was perishability with the baking products. You know, it's, it's a tough life to achieve. Uh, with beverage, eventually I only got bored because I felt that, you know, you have so many options and beverages available that you won't like to continue having one for like rest of your life. So it's not a lifestyle habit that you can build. Uh, but with gummies, you can solve all those problems. You have the stability issue solved. Uh, it's on the go. You just got to pop in two gummies. Shelf life is about 18 to 24 months. 
and if done in the right way you can have as much vitamins and nutrients as you as much you have in the capsule so it's like the exact parallel substitute for the pills so that's where i thought that you know this is one larger tam i also wanted to do bars but then eventually i realized that the target market is only restricted to protein market because uh, you only like to have bars which is you know when you when you want to have protein intake or granola or uh, some oats or some um, you know grains but that's it so it's only restricted to fiber and protein the the tam was a little smaller for me to get into all right okay so you said sort of on on gummies i imagine there's quite a lot of competition in this market like i i have seen a lot of other people doing this so it's like how did you kind of carve your entry point into the market and start you know scaling so a we were the first one who got this technology to india there was no concept like gummies with vitamins available in india so we got this for the first time in india and uh, since we got it for the first time we bought it in the right way and even today we have been pioneering uh, this whole journey we have about 30 more rivals now in india but still we hold 61% of the market share so uh, that is how you know we have been building it and the aim is to keep doing that uh, it's expected that you know the indian gummy market is going to expand to about uh, 2.3 billion in uh, the next 3 years and we plan to remain the market leaders we plan to capture 61% of that uh, bigger tam so that's the aim and uh, we've been very cautious in terms of you know the brand awareness that we do brand positioning the kind of communication that we have with the uh, people with the consumers we make sure we are very honest and upfront like we don't do any false promises if hair and nail vitamin works in 90 days we clearly state everybody that you know it's a journey with 90 days if you if you want to you know expect something in 10 15 days that's not going to happen so we are very, we are very truthful honest in each and every variant that we do and i think that's something that everybody loves about us so what was the sort of like entry point i guess like how did you i know you were the first to market and obviously that 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 does come with its positives and negatives obviously very positive in your sense but i guess how did you i guess like when you were the first to market i guess it's more about education and more about educating the market rather than uh i guess just scale, scaling a bit but like i guess how did you go from being the first to scaling to this point See I think for with education and awareness I think uh, the influencer marketing helped me a lot. I think that's the next uh, boom the marketers have in today's time because uh, uh with the help of the social media boom uh people are very active to listen and understand what their uh, influencers are doing. So eventually we would you know target these influencers we would explain them how this product works and they would eventually explain consumers how this works and that's how the awareness messages were spread across initially. then eventually we kept doing different community building activities and programs uh but i would say influencer marketing has been the pillar of uh, awareness growth mm that's really interesting so would you say i guess influencer marketing was a big sort of that was the differentiator between like you staying where you were and then you expanding to that next level uh, i think for that i would i would say that is efficacy so for awareness it was influencer marketing for staying where we are and people loving us with efficacy because we were very particular on day 1 to do clinical trials to check the efficacies to build composition in a proper scientific manner and uh, all our clinical trials are even registered with who uh, we have proven our hair and nail vitamin to be the best in terms of hair supplements in whole asia they help in 22% hair growth acceleration and 65% hair fall reduction in just 90 days of consumption so we we've been you know very cautious in building these compositions to be very effective and then to be double sure we are we've we've been doing clinical trials up to the level of who so that we can be satisfied and we can give 
consumer the products that has a lot of efficacy. So it's the efficacy, the results that eventually have got people hooked on to the brand. So I guess like your customer lifetime value, it, it's, it's really high just because of the quality of the product, which is really interesting. But I guess like actually getting them on the product itself it's the influencer marketing that has been really, really essential for you. That's really, really interesting. So I guess like when it comes to, when it does come to influencer marketing, how do you pick who's the best influencer to go for? See, um, initially we would pick the people that we, you know, felt were um, uh, were having a lot of engagement and that was the selection criteria at first. But now, since we know today what my consumer persona is, what kinds of consumers are buying power gummies and what uh, are the consumers that are following the power gummies, so now it is based on the consumer persona and what kind of influencer that kind of consumer persona wants to see. So now we study the consumer insights. We see what's the consumer persona and who is mapping the most. Like with hair and nails, uh, it is the makeup artist that you know uh, people relate to most. My my maximum persona people follow these makeup artists or uh, people who know who teach DIY things. So we'll you know typically target them. We'll do marketing with them. And similarly for the other variants. Mm, I think that's really interesting. Is I think that's a step that a lot of entrepreneurs miss out on is the is that customer persona mapping. And it's like, I guess, was that very important to you very early on to map that customer persona just so you can enable yourselves to go through that route of, of targeting the best influencers? Definitely. Otherwise, my rivals would have targeted them. So eventually, since we knew yeah. the consumer persona, we were very hands-on on getting these influencers, which we knew would work best for us. So, you know, we tied them up in a contract where they could only promote us as the gummies or in the gummy segment. And eventually that helped us, you know, uh, stay tight bound in the market and keep capturing the market in the right way. So I guess like how how has it been? I don't, I don't know how early on you used influencer marketing, but how has it been like before you used influencer marketing and then after you used influencer marketing? I think we've been using influencer marketing from start. But uh, since the time we have started doing consumer persona mapping with the kind of influencer marketing that we do, I think uh, that's where the real change of game happened. And we have been seeing like uh, 25% month on month growth after that. Wow, that's crazy. So I guess I guess the, the key question here is how did you map that consumer persona as effectively as you did? For this, I think uh, I would have to give a little credit to the consumer insights team that we have in-house. Uh, we make sure that, you know, we interact with the consumers. Even if we have to give them a, a lot of benefits for, you know, sparing their time and spending that time with us to, you know, give a persona, we would map out what are the other kind of products they're having in different segments. Like what is the kind of shampoo that they use in personal care segment or what are the kind of brands that they are loving uh, in the D2C segment, uh, which is the kind of uh, television shows they want to, they, they love to see, uh, what is what are the trends they follow. Uh, so all of these questions would, you know, make us understand more about the kind of persona that my consumer has. And then, of course, studying about the different campaigns. Like uh, we, we could see that um, typically a consumer that would change their relationship status on Facebook would be like the perfect uh, catch for us, would be like the perfect buyer. Because eventually this is somebody. So when you're out of a relationship or you're in a relationship where there's a relationship change, you're looking to, you know, uh, uh, do something for yourself, groom yourself, look out for yourself, do a little personal care. So that's exactly, you know, the kind of consumer that uh, we'll be targeting. So a little bit of consumer insights from social media um, marketing 
and a little bit of consumer insights from a real-time understanding by the conversations with consumer is a blend of how we could figure out the persona. That's crazy. How did you find that out? How did you find out that like, that was the actual key, as in like one of the key metrics is if they're in, if they've just been in a relationship, they've just come out of a relationship. How did you find that out? With with the help of tools. I mean, there's, there's a lot of tools available. You can always experiment and see. You have the option of selecting them as uh, you know the marketing targets. And uh, so we, we, we keep doing different experiments in terms of uh, experimenting what works for us, what is not working for us. So we, we, we oddly run about 550 campaigns a day and we, we you know, monitor them on a 24-hour uh, level, understanding what my consume, what top funnel is working for me, what middle fun- funnel is working for me and what is the final conversion funnel. Uh, so this is where, you know, we just, this is all hit and try. By, by campaigns, what do you mean specifically? Do you mean like Facebook ads? Do you mean, what do you mean by that? Facebook ads, uh, Instagram ads, uh, Google ads, YouTube ads, all of them. Mm, and they all kind of come together to build that overall customer persona. Mm, that's really interesting. So I think that's like very important for, you know, people listening is that customer persona element. And that's, that's something that I've kind of, I'd say I've learned within the last few months is that how important that customer persona element is and not just you know from from a perspective of you know they're not just like hard quantitative data not like just their age where they live like you know male or female or like whatever like you need to go you need to dig a bit deeper so when you say like their brand of shampoo and what they use or like if they're if they've been in a relationship or not these things paint a different picture because they're saying okay, if they're using this type of shampoo, then obviously they care about how how their hair is more than if they use like the really cheap brands, for instance. Or like if they just come out in and out of a relationship, they want to care more about how they look or like how they feel inside, you know? So these are all things that you kind of drill down on that are really important. And these are these are things that they're more, they're more qualitative. Um, that I, you know, I love that you've kind of like drilled down and you've used them so effectively in growing your business and targeting those influencers. It's something that we're kind of very conscious of, and we've kind of made the first steps in doing it as a business. And like the first steps that we've been doing is like kind of mapping out with our competitors of like what they're kind of like, which which elements are they, which kind of yeah, which elements are they satisfying the most, and then mapping that across to how they are as individuals and like using actual like conversations with them, with them saying like, what, are, what motivates you as a person? Um, or like, what makes you happy and stuff like that, rather than like, how old are you? Do you enjoy this products and stuff like that? So I think that's really important. And it's really cool that I've, you know, you've actually benefited from that. Your, your business has grown and it's allowed you to kind of use that data so effectively. And I think that's the key. That's the key to any uh, successful business, especially if you're dealing with any D2C product. Well, yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. Like it is, it is far more, I guess it's still relevant in other, you know, direct, it's already like, it's still relevant within like B2B or B2C, but why is it so much more effective in like, direct consumer with b2b you have all the other factors as well because uh this also depends on you know what is the need in terms of the business because in b2b you always have to understand what is the need that you're fulfilling which is lacking in the business that is being operated and then there's a lot of interpersonal skills and a lot of networking that matters but when it comes to d2c uh you don't have any networking or interpersonal skill available uh, you you don't actually know, you've not actually seen the kind of consumer you're targeting. It's all a blind dart. So if you have to sell somebody and you have to target a consumer that you just don't know anything about, 
it could be probably someone from uh, brazil or it could be someone from australia or it could actually be somewhere from a remote area in india we don't we don't know who's who's coming to us whom we are targeting and how do we convert that person so it's very important to understand persona so that you know it's 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 exactly like uh, when you meet somebody in person you understand what are the kind of, how how he dresses up what's the kind of you know bag he carries or the phone he carries how he speaks where he is uh, educated from and what's his kind of level and what will help me talk that would convert him it, it, this is same with d2c brand where you have to just understand the persona and then it's all about the conversion Divich highlighted so perfectly the importance of doing that customer persona analysis and how that effectively informed his influencer marketing strategy and how that obviously led to huge growth to now sitting at 60% market share in India, the gummies market. But I wanted to move on and really ask about the manufacturing process because I know so many of you want to start a business and it's focusing around you know a physical product that you have to manufacture. And it's so difficult because when you're starting out, and you approach all these really good manufacturers, they have huge sort of uh, minimum order quantities, huge costs associated with it. Them, you know, taking you seriously as a small business is very, is very difficult. So I want to talk to Divij about how he firstly approached that first manufacturer and how he got them to take them, take them seriously, how he, you know, financed his first supply run and obviously advice for you guys at home listening who want to approach your, your dream manufacturer. Um. I think what I did was I started to study how the manufacturing process actually works and I started to contact these manufacturing machine suppliers so that I would know more about the costings as to how the plant is set up what has to be done and uh, I think with just you know cold calling and understanding who are uh, producing these machines that can actually form up and build a, a gummy manufacturing plant uh, that's that's something that is available uh, as a public knowledge out there you can contact these um, suppliers you can talk to them and once you have a hands-on as to how this works and which machine is the best one that you know i have to target then you can actually contact them and ask them that you know who are the people you supply this machine to because i would like to go to them to find business and otherwise all and all of these companies are very interested in linking you up because ultimately you know uh, these are the people who have bought machines from them and they need business so uh so you, they eventually ended up connecting me to uh, six, seven of the manufacturers. I uh, happened to visit them, meet them. And I think uh, visiting them personally and meeting them, uh, you know, gives them a lot of reassurance because then that way they know that, you know, you are serious. If you just uh, end up, you know, just cold calling or asking and quotation on email, then they probably take you a little lightly because, I mean, they, they would be receiving like 20, 30s of, uh, a day of those. And uh, when you meet them personally, they, they, you know, take it seriously. And that's where I think the interpersonal skills uh, come in place when, you know, you have to convince them that, uh, you know, initially I would be a little struggle for you. But look, I have the whole plan drafted and tomorrow I'm going to be a winner. So it's up to you to, you know, back the right winner at the right time. And uh, even if it's a little struggle with me today, it's going to pay off tomorrow. Ideally, in my case, it did. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I think that's that's the only way because that's a that's a little tough road to crack because all these good uh, manufacturers actually have uh, people whom they are manufacturing for and they have exclusive tie-ups with them. So finding the right partner without the exclusive and then convincing them to be with you and not be with anybody else is a big challenge. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest challenge, especially initially, is I guess 
if you haven't got anything to show apart from a business plan or whatever, it's quite difficult to convince them to take you on as, as a customer because they're so busy, especially if you have a very low quantity that you want to manufacture. So I guess for you as a new business, how did you kind of approach that first supplier and kind of convince them? You know, you said, you said like you're, you're going to be bagging a winner tomorrow, but it's, I guess, how do you actually convince them to do that? See, I think uh, for that, you have to be a little prepared in your head as to, you know, what my business is going to look like in the next three years. You you won't have time over there to, you know, present an Excel and show the business plan. But of course, you know, the key matrix of how it's going to work. So when uh, I remember in my chat with my first manufacturer, the one that is working with me till now, was that they said that, you know, you, you got to launch multivitamin first because that's the big market. And I said, no, that's not how I'm going to play. I'm going to launch hair and nail first because that's one thing that, Everybody needs, and there's no solution available. And this will act as a buzz-making business. Uh, even if it's not a brand-building business, it's going to be a buzz-making business. And for an initial entry point, uh, it has to be something that is buzz-building that is not there, and people flip out as to you know if if you know it is so easy. There's a big problem. There's nothing available, and you've just solved it with just two tasty gummies. So that was my plan, and then I eventually got his attention and told him how I'm going to plan and what's my phase-wise plan to launch. When do actually multivitamin kick in and why? Because with multivitamin, the age category is 18 to 60 years. Whereas with hair, I know it is, it's immediately, especially the girls of 18 to 35 years of age, I can target millennials. This is a problem a lot of millennials are facing. And especially with the, with the growing personal care business space and D2C, hair and nail goes simultaneously side by side because that's something you apply in cosmetics or in uh, personal care shampoos, etc. This is something you have from within. So both of them would pra- parallelly grow. And uh, once I have all these points, once I had all these points laid out to him, he was pretty convinced. And he said that, you know, uh, I think you're right. I would be backing a winner. And that's how I, I actually ended up convincing him. Wow, that's a great story. So that, that I think, like, I guess, do they have a very large minimum order quantity? Because these these very good manufacturers, they often do. Of and course, it's like they had a huge manufacturing those. quantity. Uh, yeah. The minimum auto quantity was about 80,000 bottles in one go. But I, I requested them that, you know, once they were convinced, I convinced them that, you know, uh, if you just help me two times in an order with just 10,000 units each, I promise to never come back and call you that I'm doing less than 80,000. And uh, they, were, they, they were happy. They said that it's okay. It's a little struggle for us, but eventually we'll, uh, we're okay to, you know, have that struggle with you because we know that you, you are one man with a plan. Divij, I think we're going to have to stop it there because I, I love talking to you, but I think that's such a good note to end on because I know a lot of people who want to get into, you know, they want to manufacture something. I think that's a really good way to do it rather than just cold calling them and saying, oh, what's your prices? What's your minimum order quantity? Well, let's go with you. But actually having that kind of interpersonal relationship with your supplier, it really, you know, it really benefited you and it really allowed you to kind of launch your business basically because otherwise you would have hit, been hit with that 80,000 bottle and it wouldn't have worked. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Divage. I loved having you on. Um, how could people stay in touch with you and Power Gummies in the meantime? So you, we deliver worldwide and you can check out Power Gummies product at www.powergummies.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram at power underscore gummies. I'm telling you, you're going to love and get hooked on to all our products. Thank you so much, Divage. Uh, we'll definitely chat soon. It's been an absolute pleasure get, uh, having you on. And yeah, we'll see you soon. Cheers. Thank you for having me on. Thank you.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. I hope you did enjoy it. If you did, please be sure to leave a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. And as a thank you, I'll give you a shout out in the next episode. Also, follow us on Instagram, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's where all the full episodes get published, you know, the full video episodes. Uh, I know some of you guys like listening to, you know, watching the full video episodes. So they are all on YouTube. So please do subscribe. And yeah, that's it from me. Thank you so much for listening again. And I'll catch you in the next episode.